Psalm 32. We're just going to read the first two verses of Psalm 32. Notice the opening title of this psalm, a psalm of David, masculine. We'll be looking at that in a moment. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. For your presence. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we pray that you would saddle our hearts as we gather around thy word. And Lord, that you'd be glorified in our lives. For Jesus' name's sake we ask it. Amen. We have a, a question this morning. Andrew, it's roughing up out of it here. That's what's wrong. We have a question this morning. Who is the happiest man on earth? Who is the happiest woman on earth? Who is the happiest person on earth? In our reading in Psalm 32, in verses 1 and 2, the word blessed Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And then in verse 2, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. So who is the happiest man on earth? Woman on earth. First of all, we need to look at the opening title. The opening title is a psalm of David Maskell. The word Maskell is mentioned 13 times in the Psalms. 13 times. But it means to contemplate. A psalm of David to bring contemplation. A psalm of David to contemplate. It means a psalm to learn from. So we are to learn something this morning as blood-washed believers. The first mention uh, of the word masculine is here in this psalm. Think about it. We have the psalm of the cross, Psalm 22. doesn't say it at the opening title. Psalm of the crook, the Lord is my shepherd. We sang it earlier. does not say it in the opening titles. And the psalm of the crown, Psalm 24, does not say it in the opening titles. But here is the first mention, and it's called a didactic poem. In other words, it's a a psalm that's uh, instructive to everyone who will read it right from the opening titles. And so in verse 1, bless it. Verse 2, bless it. Take note, it is believed that David had written this when he had sinned. With Bathsheba. When he had uh, lain with Bathsheba and they conceived the child, 
And the child passed away. And David had written this because of his sin. Because he had put Bathsheba's husband Uriah into the hottest most part of the battle that he may be killed and that David would get off the hook. In other words, that David wouldn't be caught out in his sin. Put Uriah in the hottest most part of the battle was the note that was placed into his general's hand. And so Uriah dies. Smote in battle. David thinks he's gotten away with it. But in, in reality, he hasn't. Because God's seen it. And God dealt with him because of it. So first of all, the unsaved need to realize God will deal with you and your sin. God will deal with you and your sin. God will deal with the sins of the heart, of the intentions of the mind, and the actions of the heart and of the mind. And God dealt according as David had sinned. Now in verse chapter, pardon me, Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2, we see David after realizing now his sin has been forgiven. His sin has been covered. His sin is not imputed unto him. In other words, added to him. He won't stand in it anymore through God's mercy and grace and the blood that was shed for the payment of the sin. So who is the happiest man or woman on the earth? From the outset, brothers and sisters, the happiest man and the woman on the earth should be, and may we take this to all of our hearts, should be the man and the woman who have been forgiven of their sins through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm reserved a bit on using the word happy. The word happy, H-A-P-P-Y, is actually used 25 times in Scripture. The word happy. I'm a little bit reserved in it because happy uh, in our English vernacular can usually mean by chance. By chance. And you know, you're not listening to this today by chance. You're not here by chance. You're here through divine appointment. You're listening through divine and by divine appointment. And so who is the happiest man, woman, person? Is the man and the woman who have not just come by chance and stumbled on the cross, but rather through the cross, the Father has spoken, regenerated them, and drawn them to the cross, and they have come under by faith the fountain of shed blood. Now, brothers and sisters, if we said nothing else today, if we did nothing else with this message today, you and I should be able to take these verses to ourselves and think of what we have been forgiven of and rejoice the rest of our lives. You know what the problem is? And I don't mean it as a condemnation. The problem is with all of us, we forget. Or we don't even grasp hold or realize the immensity of our sin. The immensity of our transgression. And what we have been cleansed from. And someone might say, well, should you not do this maybe at the gospel evening on the night time at six o'clock? Well, I could. 
but the Lord didn't give it to me for the unsaved to come in. The Lord gave it to me for you this morning. The Lord gave it to me for you this morning. But I'm washed in the blood, then we need to believe it. But I'm forgiven off my sin, then you need to believe it. But my transgressions have been covered and I don't stand in sin. Then you need to believe it. But we need to act upon it. Live like it. Not only believe it, act upon it, and live like it. Now, don't be getting cross at me, anyone. But sometimes, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that right? Blessed is the person whose transgression is covered. Sin is forgiven. <sighs> really? And the heart, the, the thoughts, the will, the mind. Listen, if you've been forgiven of your sin, it's in your will to rejoice. It's a, it's a, it's a form of, or a, a, to be in. It's a state to be in to rejoice. To rejoice and be glad that you're forgiven. And the devil will come. I know that. Comes to me on a regular basis. And he tries to tell me who I was and what I'd done and where I've been and all everything else. And sometimes he starts to whisper in the ear and you nearly listen to him for a while until you say, no more. I'm washed in the blood. I'm forgiven of my sin. My transgression is gone from me. I'm in Christ and a new creature. Alice and I weren't long married and we went, we were living in Belfast and I had to go to a, 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 a court appearance. Now, I didn't do anything wrong here, okay? So in case you think I was going because it was a bad boy, I wasn't. Not at this time anyway. And I went to the court. But I, there was a, I can't go into the details of it but this barrister with my solicitor brought me out and set me at a table before we went in. And he says, if they go into court with you, and he brought out this file, this stick. And he opened it up and he says, so starts going through it, different things in my past where I'd taken pneumonia, fallen asleep in the snow, full of drugs, and the treatment that was on Treat me for the drink that I was taking and the pains in the stomach, my pancreatitis I was taking, and they're checking out my liver and my kidneys and internal bleeding and all of that stuff, going through it all. They're going to say you're maybe unreliable here to give a statement. It's like the devil pulled everything out, started showing it to me. Look, and they're going to say this, they'll say that, and they'll say the other. And the barrister slammed it thick like this. And he says, what will you say? What will you say? And I looked at it and my heart was in my boots. And I said, that's not me. He says, what? He says, that's not me. And he opened it up and he checked name, dress, date of birth. 
national health insurance and all this sort of stuff. Checked it all. He says, is that all yours? I says, well, yeah, that belongs to me, yeah. Well, then this is you. I said, no, that was me. I said, I'm a new creature in Christ. Well, of course, the barrister thought, this man has lost the plot. Anyway, so I go home, go to the house down York Road, just off Tigers Bay. Go into the house, and my heart is in my boots. The devil the whole way home told me exactly who I was and what I was and many other things. And by the time I got home, I sat down and said, Alison says, well, how'd it go? Ah, didn't even go into court. I was outside, and this is what happened. And I says, and pulled out this medical file and this other file, and you're going through it all, and that's who you were. And this is what you've been, and he pulled out a file to do with court appearance and different things. And I says, ah, my heart's just... And, of course, Allison is my great humbler. She keeps me humble. She says, and what do you... Why are you down like that? What's wrong with you? Why are you down like that? What's wrong with you? I says, after all that, she says, Ken, what a testimony. God has saved you from this. And God has brought you this far. And when you, listen, when I got saved, I got healed. I got the test done from the doctors and was at the hospital and everything came out. It was healed. The eternal bleeding had stopped. But not just my body, my whole, my whole spirit and soul was saved, cleansed, and forgiven. And I know some people think, Pastor, you're full on. You're hard drive. I am. Because I remember where he found me. And I know from what, that which he's brought me. And I have a good future for where I'm headed to, the kingdom of God. I'm the happiest man on earth. I'm blessed this morning because my transgression is forgiven. My sin is covered because the Lord will not impute my iniquity unto me. In other words, he's not adding up my sin, which he should have. Mercy found me. Mercy is when you do not get that which you do deserve. When you do not get that which you do deserve is mercy. And I deserved everything that God would give to me in his wrath. I deserved it. But I didn't get it because mercy found me. Brothers and sisters, mercy found you. Grace has reached you. And mercy found you. So are you happy you're saved this morning? Are you glad you're saved this morning? Are you blessed that you're saved this morning? Take note here. David had sinned, now forgiven, and he's the happiest man alive. In Psalm 32 as well, if we run down to verse 8, it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. 
Now, I'm going to let you into a wee secret because when Alison and I had written the book, I signed Psalm 32, verse 8, inside every book because that's what the Lord gave me. I was sitting one time in Whitewell. And I used to go down really early and just flick through the scriptures and read a bit and just get my heart ready, you know, just sit ready. Sitting one day right at the front row, in the, ready for the Bible study, there was about 1,200 people turning up for a Bible study, and there's me in the front row. And this old lady who came, I'm sure she's well passed on now, came to the church, and you know, it was so big, you knew people, and you knew lots of people, and they knew you. There were others you just knew to say hello to. And she came walking in, and she sat right beside me, where Billy and Louise are here. And as I'm reading, the Lord had just given me, and I was seeking the Lord about what to do in ministry. Was I to go to pastor in Dublin or not? And I'm reading Psalm 32, and verse 8 was like a lion out of the thicket. And it jumped at me, laid hold on me, and I was, whoa. And this woman sat beside me, and I closed my Bible like this and set it on my knee. Sorry, Ken, she says, did I, did, did I disturb you? I said, no, no, I'm just reading, just reading. But my mind's like this, well, what's just happened? Did I, did, I didn't disturb you? I says, no, no, I was just reading. What were you reading? I'd never spoken to this woman, but hello, in the way past. I says, I was reading Psalm 32. She says, I'd love to tell you a story about Psalm 32. I was offered a promotion and a job one time, and I didn't know if I should go. And I was reading Psalm 32, and verse 8 jumped out at me. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And the Lord says, see, I'll tell you how you should go. I was, you knocked me over with a feather. This has just all happened in the last minute and a half. My heart was racing. And so after the meeting, I went down to see Pastor McConnell. And I called this house. We walked up the shore road towards Carrick Fergus. And that was my journey here. As in back home, I, we were in full-time ministry as missionaries before Alice and I. But here, that was my journey into full-time ministry when the Lord gave me that. The reason I'm picking this is because I was out walking and the devil was at me during the week. I mean, at me. My mind was in turmoil. I didn't know where I was coming or going. I was trying to figure a few things that were going on, just trying to figure them out. And I actually got into the car. I said, I need, to, I need to get away for a minute. Get into the car and I just kept driving and talking to the Lord and I ended up in Crawfordsburn. Got out of the car, was on my own, went to the beach and I walked to Bangor. And home, back, not home again, back to Crawfordsburn again. And along the beach, the shorefront, I was talking to the Lord. Lord, what about this? I don't know what I'm going to do about that. What am I going to do about the other thing? What way should we go here, Lord? And this is what I'm talking. And, and there were people coming past and they must have thought, this fella needs help. And the Lord says to me, did I not give you, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. You did, Lord. Then go read it again. 
So this word is what came out of it. Now, we haven't started the word yet. So guess what? We'll maybe need to do another morning. But this psalm of David, this mast hill was for a reason. It was to contemplate. It was instructive, as I said. It's what's known as a didactic poem. And the whole way through it, there's instruction, there's instruction, there's instruction for us. Starting off with the happiest man on earth, David, forgiven of his sin, washed, as it were, or covered by the blood. And as soon as I started reading it, the Lord says, and I read it in the car. I keep a smaller Bible in my car for visiting. I opened it up and I read it in the car park and I, I just, I was broken. You're blessed, son. You're blessed. Thank you, Lord. That's what came. Son, you're blessed. You're blessed. Remember where you came from. Remember where I found you. Remember where I've brought you from. You're blessed. And suddenly I was the happiest man in the face of the whole earth. May the Lord give us instruction for every aspect in our lives. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. See the word instruct here. It gives the idea of the Lord gives you understanding. The Lord enables you to look at something and have insight. Now, if you're saved this morning, surely when we look at the world, when we look at what's going on in the world, I can't explain it, but there are things that are happening, and if you're saved and filled with the Spirit, you're bound to see it too. And the world thinks you're mad and you're crazy, but when I see it, I see the spirit of the age. The spirit of this world. I see what it's doing. I see what the world's becoming and going to. And that's not me saying I'm a prophet. I'm not a prophet, neither the son of a prophet. But in the scripture and through the spirit, I see it. I see what's happening in the world. I see where it's, where it's going further down and down and down. I, I see it. I see things in people's hearts and lives and minds. I see it in the church. I see you. I see you. May the Lord give us to see, each and every one of us, what's going on in this world. The sin and the wickedness. And, but may the Lord, through all of it, I mean through all of it, let us see through all of it, let us see 
the blessedness of having our sins forgiven. In a world where you and I could have been and were in our sin. Look, some sins have manifested more than others. In other words, some people's sins have shown greater in their lives. Some people have come through a a nice, sort of comfortable life, even a, a Christian life. But it doesn't matter. You're all needing forgiven. I mean, the testimony isn't about all the stuff that happened in the past. The testimony is the blood of the Lamb. The testimony is the sacrifice of Christ. The testimony is about how we have been chosen and called and drawn and regenerate. That, and, and it shows how we've been drawn to the cross and washed in the blood. And our testimony is God's testimony in us, in our lives. We have no testimony without Christ. We have no testimony without the blood of Jesus. We have no testimony without the finished work of his cross. We have no testimony without his death, his burial, and his resurrection again. We have no testimony without God coming to us and reaching us. For every one of us would have no testimony but a life of sin. Today, brother, sister, if we could just get a glimpse of what we have been saved from. Just a glimpse of it. We'll never fully understand it all. But just a glimpse of his love for us. A glimpse of his grace for us. His mercy toward us. If we could just get a little portion, a part a slither, a glimpse of who we were without Christ and now who we are in Christ, we would be the happiest people on the earth. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And in the original text, God Elohim, Lord, is Yahweh or Jehovah. But it reads, happy is that people whose God is the Lord, or happy is that people whose Yahweh Elohim Yahweh. In other words, Jehovah is God, and God is Jehovah. And Jesus is Jehovah. Notice here, the word blessed, it's the word Esher, Esher. It means we know well I'm blessed today. I'm blessed today. But it means to be blessed in the greatest and in the widest sense possible. David was blessed with uh, the kingly line of anointing. Of course he was. David was blessed with the covenant that God made with him. Of course he was. David was blessed with palaces and David was blessed with soldiers and David was blessed with his prowess and he he was irresistible to women and, and he had everything in life. David was blessed in everything a man could be blessed with, even the spiritual things of the covenant of God. But David was blessed when he realized his sin was forgiven. You know, you could be the richest person in the world 
and the most miserable person in the world. And you could be the poorest person in the world with Christ and your sin forgiven, and you could be the happiest person on the earth. Notice here, blessed is the word esure, it's E-H-S-H-E-R, esure. Blessed in the greatest and widest sense. This is the way it would read. Oh, and it's a pathos. Oh, with a heart behind it. Oh, with a joy, with a passion. Oh, the blessedness is off. Oh, the blessednesses. It denotes a supreme and perfect blessing. Now, the man and the woman whose transgression is forgiven, we need to look at transgression. The word here, transgression, is the word pesha, P-E-H-S-H-A-H, for those who are taking notes and writing it down. That's our anglicized spelling. And it simply means those who are and have rebelled against God and have been in revolt against God. Notice here, every one of us are commandment breakers. And we have rebelled and revolted in our hearts, our minds, and even in action against God. Every one of us. Sin is a transgression of the law. Sin is the transgression of God's law. So, oh, the blessedness is for the widest, most possible blessing we have because we have been in rebellion and in revolt against Almighty God. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now, the word forgiven, we know what it means to be forgiven, but let me just tell you what it means in the original text. It's a word, nashah. N-A-W-S-A-W, Nassau. It means to lift up. To lift up or to take away or to carry away. Listen, to bear. B-A-R-E. And to sweep away. All of those can be related to this word. This word, pardon me. Now, let me just give you a few examples of this word, Petsha. In Isaiah 53, the wonderful chapter of Isaiah that has us under the cross every time we read it, 700 to 750 years before the cross even happened, the the work of Christ, I mean. Notice what he says, Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Surely he, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, notice, surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. The word born, surely he hath borne our griefs. It's the same word for forgiven in Psalm 32 and verse 1. Forgiven and born is the exact 
same word. Surely he hath lifted our sins off us. Surely he hath taken them up to take them away. He bore our sin away from us to sweep them far away from the soul. What a wonderful word. Nasha, Nasha. Let me show you another one. Isaiah 53 and verse 12. He poured his soul out unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Notice here again. He bare the sin of many. He lifted the sin. He took the sin. In other words, he carried our sins away from us. What did he do with those sins? He bore them in his own body on the tree. Calvary. I want to show it in a negative sense. In Isaiah 64 and verse 6. Listen to what the Lord says to Israel. Imagine this being said to United Kingdom, Ireland, United States, Canada. Imagine this being said by a prophet to our governments and so on. Notice Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Now listen. The word saw To lift up, to bear up, to carry away, to sweep away. Take note here. But we are all as an unclean thing. Now the reason that the prophet is saying this through the anointing of the Spirit is this. Because the unclean thing meant they couldn't come before God. They couldn't come to the temple of God. And they had absolutely nothing to offer God. They were unclean in the sight of God. And Isaiah says to the nation, you're as an unclean thing. You have nothing to offer God. You can't come to his holy temple. You can't come to the holy place. Because you're unclean. If someone touched a dead body, they couldn't go. They were unclean. And again in this verse, if a man came near his wife in her menstrual cycle, unclean because the wife was unclean. And when he says our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, the word there is as a menstrual rag. Do you see how the Lord is saying this is what you look like? Because those are sort of almost nearly a a little bit more taboo things. They're private, aren't they? But the Lord looks upon it and he says, this is how I see you. He tells them they're full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. This is who we are. This is what we were. And the Lord says, look at the Isaiah 64 and verse 6. 
Like the wind hath taken us away. Our sins, our transgressions. They lift us up and they take us away. In the negative sense that Jesus lifts the sin off us and bore it in his own body, taking it away. And the Lord's saying, look, this word in the saw, your sin carries you to this, and your sin carries you to that, and your sin carries you to the other thing. It lifts you up, and it bears you along, and it takes you away, and you're like a, a leaf that's blown in the wind in your sin. And you know not, he says, that we're fading like the leaf. We're fading like the leaf. In other words, man and woman's life is ebbing every day in their sin. And before God in the sin, they're unclean. And before God in their sin, they're even like that menstrual rag. And I know that that's a little crass, but that's what it means. But we're washed in the blood, brother. We're washed in the blood, sister, and we're blessed. We're the happiest. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. I used to work with this woman. Oh, boy. Not saying her name. I wasn't saved. She claimed to be saved. I was a real just man of the world. Not from a Christian home. And this woman who claimed to be saved, the devil was happier than her. And he knows where he's going. And honestly, I used to look at her. She was the most, she had a face the length of a horse's head. She had a face down to here if all the time. She was a hate the world. Oh, this woman, you couldn't have looked at her without her giving off. And I used to work around her. Everybody tiptoed around her. And we all used to say, if that's a Christian, I don't want to be one. If that's a Christian, I don't want to be one. See, if your woman is a Christian, I never want to be a Christian. Brothers and sisters, the psalmist says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guide. I'm not going to reach this today. See the word guide? Everybody thinks, well, that's the least of it. No, it's not. Guide, it just means, you know, they're a bit off. No, it's not. It means every attitude of the heart that's rotten. That's the spirit of the person. A rotten heart produces, is produced by a rotten spirit. So Isaiah tells us, but we are all as an unclean thing and our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we do fade as a leaf And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Listen to Charles Haddon Spurgeon. See, whenever I read this, and I wrote this down, I had to stop and drop my pen and thought, oh dear. 
He writes, Brethren, if our righteousnesses are so bad, no, if our righteousnesses are so bad, well, I'll say it again, if our righteousnesses are so bad, what must our unrighteousnesses be? Think about it. So Peter tells us of the Lord Jesus who bore, who has own self bare our sin in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins might live unto righteousness. I love the hymn. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary. And they suffered. And died alone. Yes, living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Brothers and sisters, we should be men and women who are blessed and know it. I think I'll stop there. I think I'll stop there. He took my sins and my sorrows. He Henry Smith says, He hideth our unrighteousness 
with his righteousness. He covereth our disobedience with his obedience. He shadoweth our death with his death, that the wrath of God cannot find us. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Let's stand for a moment. That old hymn. My sin, oh, the bliss of this
saved this morning. They never come to the cross. And your blood washed. And your blood washed. Is it well with your soul? You backslidden. for you to have an assurance of this morning before you leave is that you're saved that you're Christ's that you're his you know and those people who maybe are weak in faith isn't to make you doubt this is to encourage you that he has washed you in his blood that you are blessed and to rejoice in the Lord and be glad the team's going to come up and what we're going to do we're going to sing to God be the glory great things he hath done so loved he the world that he gave us his son